welcome to the pilot episode of the Nerd Under Geek spin-off podcast, um, with its title yet to be decided. Uh, the game, the, the the object of this podcast is that I will get someone in related to games in some form, and I'll give them the opportunity to create a game of their dreams, so they can wish basically for any game to come into fruition. And you can't say I'm not related to games in some form. Yeah, (laughs) no, we're starting the pilot episode. I'm I'm getting I'm getting podcast co-host Scott Hunter. He's interviewing me old hat. Don't worry, I'll be gone, listener. But if this (laughs) if this takes off compared to regular podcasts, he's getting rid of me. I'm not gonna be on the Patreon. I'm not gonna get get any of that money. Hopefully hey if this takes off, it'll hopefully feed back into the regular podcast as well. Uh, it'll have its own. It'll have its own separate feed. But you'd hope that, wouldn't you? But yeah, if I'm on it, who knows? You know. <laughs> but this <laughs> is this is how it's all been leading up to our friendship. Is us finding out I'm the weak link. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I wanted to do this is because um, I've really enjoyed the chats I've done with various games people or streamers uh, over the past couple of years. Um, Separate to the to the regular boss, the bo- the bonus episodes I've done, and I wanted more of a reason to do that that isn't just hey let me talk to you about whatever thing you've got <clears> going on. Let's let's do like a regular occurring thing. Plus, I listened to the Off Menu podcast, which is this format but for food, and I wanted to do that but for games um, because I lack <laughs> any real imagination. So that's what led to doing this untitled thing. Uh, the idea is that I, I go through a different number of different questions with, with my guest and also create their dream game uh, and also talk to them about what influenced the various decisions as we go along. Like what, about what history have they got with games from their past, playing specific types of games that they, they have memories of to lead them to the decision that they've made to make their dream game. Uh, the the things that they choose, so I go through what genre of game, what sort of gameplay they wanted to have, sort of world it's set in, graphics, music, is there a multiplayer mode, and then what's the game called. None of those things have to necessarily work together, because in the magic of this pretend game is that when it gets released at the end of the podcast, they all do work together. That's just, just how it works. There's no budget. Uh, I am a multi-billionaire who's funding all of the games that I talk to my guests about. And we'll see where it goes from there. Um, so my first guest is co-host, as mentioned before, co-host Scott Hunter from the regular Nerd Adult Geek podcast. I was going to ask you before we started, did you want me to do like a character? Do you want me to not be myself? <laughs> do you want to be... Who would you, what would your character be if you were going to be a character? Uh, I'd be famous video game developer... Um, steeplechase jockey and pornographer Ashton Clinton. <laughs> What's um? That's not the first time I've heard that character that you've. No, that that up. was um that was a long time ago when we that's were. A, that's a character you came up with as a teenager. I love that. So <laughs> we'll get into a little bit of history right there. Actually, but, but, that's, like, that's but a character you, uh, you created for um, I, I cr- a, the tabletop board game. Uh, what's it? What's it called? Um. Remind was me it Call of Cthulhu? Or... Call of Cthulhu, that was it. It was for Call of Cthulhu. Right. That, but he was only a pornographer and teen, uh, steeplechase jockey at the time. He wasn't a famous video game producer. He's He's gone up in the world in the, in the past 15 years. He's, he's got some stuff going. <laughs> yeah, he's really got in with the times. <laughs> How are you doing, Scott? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for recording, uh, for humouring me and recording this pilot episode with me. Maybe we'll get to the end of this next hour 
and decide actually this has no legs, it's totally shit. Oh, maybe be, that's a, that's the point of pilots. It'd just be it? a pilot this episode that gets uploaded to the feed, but maybe yeah, we get to I, the end of it. I mean, and you can change stuff about it as well. You yeah. know, we'll find out what worked and what didn't. We can come up with a name because uh, I wanted to do like yeah. The, the Dream Games Workshop, but then I realised having Games Workshop in the title... Yeah, it's a copyrighted... That's probably copyrighted. And they're, and they're quite notoriously um, yeah. <laughs> protected. I don't really want property. to be sued one episode in, or it's zero episodes The Dream in. Games Workshop Space Marine uh, <laughs> Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no idea what to... Be, I, I, I did have one title, which was um, Son of a Pitch, which I thought mm-hmm. was quite good, because obviously we're pitching a game... Son of a bitch is a phrase. That's a joke. Uh, but then also, I didn't like necessarily like the connotations of that. Of um, always thinking of son of a bitch whenever that mm. title was said. That's a potential though. That's that's potentially out there. Uh, you, <laughs> could you think of any ideas for a title? <laughs> I had hard enough time thinking of a title for my dream game, let alone uh, <laughs> let alone the title for dream game. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll stick to the um, on that and. Uh, Maybe when I release this podcast on Monday after we record this, I'll have a name by then. Maybe not. And then when I eventually do it properly, if I do it properly, we'll have a name for it. But Welcome we'll to see. the pitch zone. Welcome to the, the, the pitch the, zone. The batting, oh, the, the, batting, the batting cage. Because you get pitched The batting cage. In, in you get pitched baseball. That, that That's a cultural example that has no relevance to us as British people. And we don't play or baseball, video games. But, but it's definitely there's some, video there's something there. There, there, are, there are baseball video games. You can pitch in, in cricket. Is, uh, do you, do you pitch? It, is that it's bowling, that? I believe. Bowl? You, you bowl in cricket. Jesus. Yes. Okay. Uh, and and you don't say bowl me a game idea. <laughs> bowl me a perfect game would be a, a bad title, but we'd like it. a very bad title. Let's get into your dream game. First of all, Scott, what is your history with games in general? How long have you been playing games for? And well, Callum, you... I've hosted a, a co-hosted a video game related podcast for the last four years. <laughs> Very loosely uh, so... related at times. <laughs> <laughs> Very loosely related. Uh, well, actually, um, this game, my dream game, uh, relates a lot to my earliest video game memories. Okay. And uh, I've probably told you about this before, but some of my earliest gaming memories are going to visit my uncle. Yep. Uh, and he would have... A, he had an old PC to start with, an old Windows 95 era uh, PC, and we would play June 2 okay. uh, for DOS. Very good. A real-time statue game on that computer. And then later on, uh, you know, we... We would play other kind of real-time strategy games. That's what we used to play together quite a lot. And it started off me being quite young, you know, four years old, my uncle playing it, and I'm just sort of watching it and sort of uh, letting my imagination run wild. And then, obviously, I started playing them a bit as I got older as well. But we play a lot of those old Command and Conquer-style uh, yeah. Westwood uh, RTS games. Have you have you seen that new Dune game getting released? The new Dune RTS? Uh, I have. It's not really in the same style... Uh, as sort of the older ones, um, because they obviously they made Command and Conquer and they had the Dune license as well, and they made uh, Dune late RTSs. They, I believe the new one is much more kind of um, uh, sort of four XE, like it's much more of a grand right. strategy okay. type game. Yeah, um, I think, um, but it's not the same sort of um, kind of base builder. Gotcha. It's a series of narrative missions. So your uncle's uh, the one so who got got you into got you into games. Oh in yeah, general. he got me on. He got me into games because I remember. I guess my very earliest memory of games is um, my dad, when I was kind of three or four years old on Saturdays, my dad would take me and my brother out. I guess it was a community centre, but it was it was somewhere nearby that had like um, a room with like a Mega Drive in it. 
just uh, a room. I guess <laughs> okay, I'm imagining a, a, a completely empty room, but in the yeah, middle okay, is just yeah. a small table and one chair yes. and a mega drive. Exactly. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was like a community centre, you know, Saturday morning uh, kids activities and so on. And they had some video games there. Okay. So I remember playing a mega drive uh, there. And later, my dad would bring home um, a mega drive. Um, second hand this was um long after the mega drive a few years after mega drive must have stopped yeah production this is kind of late 90s era yeah um, okay. maybe 97 so this he must have got a mega drive second hand somewhere and um and that was the first uh console we ever owned fun memories of mega drive well uh, i've got memories of playing echo the dolphin playing okay, sonic yep uh we had a couple of games like that i think we had like a Batman game. It must have been like Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, that sounds or about right. something like that. Yeah. Um, sort of a side-scrolling yeah. beat-em-up. Yeah, I yeah. remember a Batman game, and uh, I remember Echo of the Dolphin, which terrified me. Echo of um, the Dolphin's <laughs> a weird game. I've, it um, is very weird. I've played a lot of it, but never in any sort of like depth, more just sort of swimming around mm. for ages. Oh, well, that's, that's, very, that's very good to know. My favourite thing yeah. about your uncle, if I remember correctly, is uh, he got obsessed with Skyrim for a bit, and he played uh, he, like hundreds he, he of hours. Played, I think he's still playing Skyrim. He still loves playing his it. Bethesda, he loves his Bethesda RPGs. He's yeah. played many, many hours of Skyrim, Fallout. I think he's made some mods as well. Like he's Yeah, he's quite into it. I remember at one uh, point he he like he said, he said to you after playing hundreds of hours, he's like, oh, maybe I should play something else now. Also, or have you got any <laughs> ideas for a game I could play next? Yeah. And you're like, how long have you played this for? Oh, a few hundred hours. How do yeah. you manage that from Skyrim? It's crazy. Yeah, but he's still playing. But yeah, um, after the Mega Drive, though, it was going to um, visit my uncle and uh, playing all these uh, RTS games on his PC. And then when we got a family PC, I would play RTS games on there. So is, is RTS the genre of game that you're going to be making? Yes, because um, basically... Uh, um, and I might have told this to you before as well, as we talk so much. Uh, it, it surprises me, in the modern era, we've seen a lot of um, Kickstarter pitches for kind of retro genres. Yeah. Currently, the uh, the so-called boomer shooter, that is kind of the, the 90s style, the Doom style. Oh, yeah, I've seen uh, a lot re- of those. Retro yeah. shooter is, is in resurgence, hasn't it? We've had a few, uh, a few big examples of those uh, coming out over the last few years. Um, so that style is kind of in resurgence, and then you've had um, stuff like Ukulele and uh, yeah, um, Bloodstained, your, 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 your action platformers or your you, Metroidvanias. You, you, you've had a lot of '90s throwback genres, yeah, um, coming up, being remade with with a modern twist. And it's quite surprising to me that the RTS has not had the same treatment because the RTS genre today is kind of a bit dead. Uh, really, it's, it doesn't get. But I haven't. You haven't seen that many examples no. of like a, a, a true RTS. Why do you There's think Age that of is? Four recently. Uh, I think it's a thing of um, multi-platformness nowadays. A lot of uh, basically most games are going to be multi-platform unless they're a paid-for exclusive, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a case of developers, uh, publishers. Uh, just wanting to be able to sell on as many platforms as possible. And while we have seen some turn-based strategy games on consoles, where Civilization VI uh, in particular yeah, is like a Switch version and stuff, I think the RTS uh, hasn't translated well. There were a few attempts in the 2000s to make... Halo Wars is the most prominent one. Yeah, that was console a, first, wasn't it? To make it? a console. And uh, Command Conquer 3 in 2008, was. Uh, they also had a, a Xbox version. Uh, so there've been some attempts, but they they never took off. Do you think uh, part think... of it as well is like a lot, a bit, a big part of the RTS genre 
is in the multiplayer side of things. So, so for that, let's just just for those who might don't know, an RTS is like an Age of Empires style game. It's sort of top down. You build little armies, you build bases and 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 uh, strongholds and things, and you send these armies to war. Sort of very much a sort of top down army control strategy game where you make a little armies fight. Uh, and a lot of that multiplayer side of things almost got condensed down into MOBAs in a way, I feel. Yeah, I, feel like... I was going to say, Mo- MOBAs have kind of eclipsed the RTS game. Yeah, and even then, they're, they're still... It's hard to make a new... Like, you don't really get any new MOBAs now. You've it's got hard to League make a Legends. new MOBA, yeah. Pokemon Unite came League out, but otherwise, yeah. I feel like that sort of like condensed and sort of quickens the RTS genre for the multiplayer side of things. And then, so if you're going to do multiplayer, I guess the players mm-hmm. move towards that... And then for single-player mode, you've not... I mean, RTS, what they allowed for sort of massive, grand, single-player storylines a lot of the time as well. I think that's sort of something that seems to get left out of it. You look at your Warcrafts, for example. Yeah. People forget that Starcraft had like quite a good story. Yeah. Quite a long story. Exactly. Because it became such a multiplayer success. Age of Empires I... had a story mode where you played through hmm. different uh, sort of heroes across time. Uh, a lot of that, uh, which I which I was yeah. quite. I, I do think that is part of it. Is a lot of publishers they want to make the next massive thing, right? They're not really content to just make like a, a game that sells a bit well. So yeah, it's it's a combo of multi of multi platformer sort of a necessity for sales, and then also uh, wanting to make like something massively successful. What are your favorite RTSs? What, in, what RTSs have you taken inspiration from for for this? Oh, it's going to be a lot of Command the Conquers. Yeah. Uh, so a Red Alert two. Is probably the high point, the pinnacle of a franchise. I think, uh, very uh, that kind of um, game, well refined. Uh, Emperor Battle for Dune, the final Westward uh, Dune RTS, uh, came out a couple of years after Red Alert Two. Um, I have very good memories of that. And what what is it about those that you think strike them apart from, say, a Warcraft, for example, or mm. an Age of Empires? I think the Command and Conquer genre, first of all, you have the all-important, this is something I'd want to recreate, is the uh, the FMV cutscenes, the live-action right. uh, cutscenes with their low-budget, low um, very cheesy, but also kind of very earnest. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. And I think that kind of, um, like, uh, sci-fi, pulpy sci-fi uh, story with the cutscenes really set them apart and give those games a special tone that you don't see in the uh, in the Warcraft and Age of Empires. And I think, kind of, I get the sense of a slightly more frantic gameplay. I, I'm sure you can find, kind of, Age of Empires multiplayer and be like, oh, that's frantic as well. Yeah. That requires, yeah. And Starcraft, definitely, obviously, uh, you know, at a high level. But I'm not talking about, like, a competitive multiplayer level. I'm talking about, kind of, what it demands out of you in, sort of, a single player. I think Commander Conquers tend to be a bit faster uh, I don't want to say arcadey because there's no such thing as an arcade RTS. But um, <laughs> maybe there could, there should be. Maybe, yeah. could, could that be this an arcade RTS? Maybe, maybe. but something I, I associate them rightly or wrongly with kind of a slightly uh, frantic pace. Okay, and 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 that's and that's what you'd want this to have as well as, as, a, as a frantic. Yeah. Well, pace. okay. So I'm going to give you the first big contradiction in what I'm trying to do because I wrote down in my notes. Um, this is kind of part two, really. Should we, we, do you want to move? Okay, so the second question here is what sort of gameplay would you want your All game right. to have? Should we move yeah. into that? Exactly, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, so I've written down here, relaxed but nervous. Because what, what does that mean? I, I kind of want to recreate a specific feeling of, um, of playing one of these uh, missions. So it's a story campaign, uh, miss- missions bookended by the live action 
FMV cutscenes, but a kind of feeling of playing like a nice meaty hour-long mission okay. and sort of base building, scouting the map, and in that PC style, I think this is a major sort of thing. I want to get the feeling of a PC game because there used to be um, quite a distinction between a computer game and, you know, a console game, a video right, game. Right, okay. What what, what was that distinction, would you, would you say? I, I think the PC games are a bit more sort of... Um, you play them in your kind of your, your armchair, your computer chair. The, the, the video game, the console game, as it used to be, comes from the arcade. So it's all about fast action, quick death, trying to get the, your money out of you. Um, so you the kind so... of arcade culture that we never had in the UK. Yes. But kind of fast reaction times. Um, kind of arcade style, uh, kind of instant gratification. And the computer game is something you sit at your computer, you really sort of get into it. You maybe doodle down notes uh, on a notepad. Do you remember video game manuals used to come with a, a section for like notes? I never knew what that was for because obviously I was I was a console gamer first and yeah. foremost, and so most console games did not require me to write down notes at the back of a manual. If I, I've got a yeah. manual for bloody Super Monkey Ball. And at the back is like a notes thing. And surely the I only note you like can write tradition. down is yeah. go forward, roll but, around. But also, like, what I remember it being useful is in the days where you were running on DOS on your computer, you would basically just write that down the commands that you need to get it to work. Right, okay. Stuff like that. Uh, but I'm thinking, you know, it's a the computer game, more relaxed. It's something you really, you settle into and you, you get your teeth into it. And you write down some notes. And I want to replicate the feeling of, you're kind of building up your base, you're scouting out the map, um, and and you're making a lot of save games. Specifically, you make a lot of save games and you name them after what you're doing in the mission. Okay. So you name them like, just built my base or yeah. something like that. That's what I remember doing. So you, and, want, then, you want your game to basically be something which, once you settle in for, for a, a, a mission, one single mission, you want to be there for a decent por- portion of time. Yeah, and then but then once combat starts, it's like, oh shit. You want it Hell to be at that point because I was, so, was going to ask I, at what point does it at what point does it become frantic? I, 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 I want combat to feel in, like punchy, to feel frantic, uh, to, you know. But I so it's kind of alternating between those two feelings. Okay, so so you've got your base building elements, and you, and hmm. I, I suppose just to, uh, is is it is it a, a whole base building thing? You're building like a full structures and things and then building an army yeah, from so, that does the bases yeah, so, feed into so, what so army you can have you start off with you start off with your basic building yeah. that allows you to build a few more things you want to build up your base different buildings unlock new units or new technologies yep. and what it's can, like what, can what can go so you, you mentioned having loads of different save files and things what sort of things do you envision becoming a challenge during the base building aspect because if the, a lot of the challenge it sounds like is going to be in the frantic war that you've got going on but if you have in like save files saying just started building my base or save files later on what sort of challenges would you have to Hmm. come over Uh, while building your base i suppose uh, well the challenge is trying to counterbalance defense with uh with scouting and offense okay so obviously the ai is there they're they're building out and that well, you have different missions with you know you you'll put in a twist every so often yeah. your basic setup is you're kind of basically trying to build your base and eliminate the enemy um in different combinations right so yeah the, the ai is obviously doing the same thing and if they and they'll launch attacks against you as well so you need to to scout but also counterbalance for building the offense okay you want to try and um, figure out, you know, when when do you have sufficient numbers to attack? If you let the AI build up too much, right, that okay. could uh, that could count against you. 
And of course, and the basic challenge, and obviously this might affect replayability, but it's a story mission, and you're trying to scout out where the AI actually is. Gotcha. On the map as well. Would does does your gameplay have a twist or anything that sets this further apart? Would you say? Or are you are you, are you, are you going are you going something. sort of um, traditionalist mm, that, that, RTS? That, that is something I struggled with when I was thinking about this. But I have written down: Do we need to modernize it? That's a, not even necessarily I, needs to. I, I, may, even, maybe it needs to be modernized in some because there's a, obviously there's maybe a reason these artists go away. But regardless, this is going to be a success because that's how this works. Um, yeah. But is there is uh, there I a think, twist you maybe want to to go with to be like this is what this game's thing is known for? Mm. In in my heart of hearts, I want to say no. Okay. Because I, I think it's been so long since we've had one of these classic RTSs that I I would like to just see it in its sort of pure form. But then maybe I'm in the minority. You know, um, I don't know but if this is your scope I mean, this, this, this podcast, is your dream game, though, Scott. It's my dream yeah, game. Exactly. I don't have to think about how it's going to sell. No, exactly. Uh, so, what, case, so what I, you're I, wanting I want, almost is, 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 is to be an almost spiritual successor. In a modern resolution. Yeah. Uh, with a modern multiplayer mode. Yes, okay. We'll get to multiplayer in a bit. Mm. Um, but oh. yeah, really kind of a spiritual successor to those old games. Okay. To sort of amp it, amp it up to 11. Amp it up to eleven. Okay, cool. Uh, putting down, putting down the buildings. A lot of uh, good sound effects on those. Oh yeah, a lot of like. Well, definitely. That sort of stuff. Lots of nice synthesizers. Any hero uh, classes? Uh, oh, I don't want to make it Dota. It can't be Dota. No. Traditionally. Uh, so I, so I think of, I think of like Age of Empires. I think of War, Warcraft, mm. where it, where you had your armies, but you also had like Joan of Arc as a hero class, for example. Or War, uh, Warcraft Thrall. was all about the heroes. Yeah, exactly. Right? Warcraft was all about the, the Command and Conquer games. They weren't so hero based. You had you usually had like a spy character who was quite a good individual unit, but it wasn't. It, they weren't sort of heroes. They didn't have kind of individual abilities. Okay. They didn't level up. Yeah. Okay. I, I say Command and Conquer is more about the army building. So you want to stick to the to the army building side of things, very good. Okay. Yeah, I I would like a, a formation system that actually works. What does that look like? Uh, just making your units look pretty on the map. <laughs> I want I, I I want to be able to move them. Intelligent pathfinding. That's definitely something I would upgrade okay. for a modern a modern day. So, if so what are the pathfind- tell me the issues with those in the old in the old games? Tell me the issues with the formation system and tell me the issues with the pathfinding that they have. The sort of well, things that you because- want to fix in this game. So typically in those old Commander Con games, you group up your units. I would, when I played them, I don't know if this is, there, there's some hardcore Commander Conquer players going to tell me that I suck and I don't like <laughs> Commander Conquer. Surely typically, not. Typically, you, you would start out with like, I'm going to group up my units. I'm going to have my tanks. I'm going to have my anti-tank infantry, my anti-infantry infantry, all this. And I'm going to move them around in a tactical fashion. And then eventually you just like select all them, right click and and you just uh, launch from at the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I have always um, wondered, like, because because if I think back to the ones that I've played, there was always little buttons to change your formation. You could have like a diamond formation, a square yeah. formation, and I, I never really understood. I never understood what yeah. benefit that had. Yeah, and so and you'd never. So you'd just kind of get fed up and just kind of. Con- like select all and then like click on the enemy and go ahead. So I, I'd like better pathfinding so all your units make it there, but also kind of a way of condensing down that sort of system. Maybe um, a better system, a more modern system for kind of grouping your units together mm. into like mini mini little companies or like squads. Would you? So you would it be? Of... Would it be useful to chuck something in there that would benefit 
having them in different formations. Yeah, I think I think for me, uh, so when I say formations, I I was thinking put them like make them look pretty on the map. But you can also have uh, like a force organization that would look pretty good. That'd be cool. I think, I think. that would be pretty cool if you build units and select formations. Uh, organizations they could and if that would bonuses. affect if that would affect, get different bonuses this is what i was thinking yeah. sort of a stats based system in, in a way to help change idea. how your how your army would behave compared to the other army yeah yeah you can have combined arms i that would be good i would like something that puts a bit more of a of tactical spin on what is usually producing a bunch of units <laughs> i i'm sure there's more tactics than we're aware of for some of those multiplayer Maybe, things yeah. but also i'm willing to bet that there's just a one size fits all. Here's how you do it, and then you just hope that your side wins at the end of it. Sort of, sort of thing. That sounds that sounds good. They, they need to move in formation. Uh, give me the option so not all of my tanks get there first and get blown up before all my infantry arrive. Yeah, the idea that they could they could <laughs> they could move at a slower speed because that's how yeah. tanks work. Yeah. Okay, so the world that it's set in then. Um, what is what is that world? Is there a, right, a theme, so it, a story? It, it, it's a sci-fi near future. Okay, and and I, this might not be a great idea. I don't know, but I I have a a um. Typically in these kind of games, uh, America's getting invaded by someone, or America standing yeah. gets invaded by someone, and I think I've got a vision. Um, of like the Kickstarter project, right? It's a Kickstarter promotional page and you've got the trailer to really sell it to the audience. Yeah. And it starts off in the cutscene and I'm thinking it's me, all right? It's me in the cutscene. Okay, and yeah. I, You're allowed. And it's, the over, and it's the Oval Office. It's a cheap rendition of the Oval Office uh-huh. that we've done. Uh, and I turn around in the president's chair and I say, Ah, salam, Berida. <laughs> and welcome to the Islamic States of America. Very good. <laughs> and uh, the idea is it's near future, like, science fiction sort of thing. America's been invaded by, like, the Middle East. It's the, it's, it's the Islamic Republic of America. So you're getting some of your Iranian, Iranian heritage in there as well. So that's... So you've got... Okay, so you, you've got uh, 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 an Eastern takeover of America, and that's the world that it's set in. What's the... What, what where does the story go that you where do you sort of envision it what's what's the goal as you as you go through this these wars what's who's trying to get what from it all right so in these games you've got to have something to mine right the command and conquer games are like the world's being infected by like this tiberium yeah and everyone wants it because it's good so we kind of need a stand-in because it's a, an homage to these old games so um what are we mining in red alert it's just plain old ore which I don't know if we want to be mining ore in this one. But there's some sort of MacGuffin kind of special substance. Maybe mining it is a bit of a cliche. Maybe it's like a a forest, a, a, a mutant alien tree has infected the earth. And there's like one location for it, maybe, that everyone's mm. trying to get uh, control everyone, of. It's, it's, a, it's a special kind. Uh, it's a great, the tree makes a great fuel. Everyone loves this like alien kind of bioform because that uh, is, I mean, fuel, fuel is traditionally what people, what wars are fought over. Or yeah. in, it's either fuel or well, it's land, and that, that I mean, that's, war that's history, never changes. Isn't it? Exactly. As uh, what war never ch- <laughs> You're directing me. You're like as as someone with a PhD <laughs> in history. I mean, would you say that's history? <laughs> yeah, that's history. <laughs> no right? comment. That's no a- comment. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Okay, so you, uh, you, you've got so, people so fighting they, for... And they've invaded, yeah. Okay. The, the, the United States has maybe been torn apart more than it is already uh, <laughs> over um, over some alien... Yeah, this alien bioform has rampaged across the continent and now it's subject to... Uh, it's become kind of a free fire zone. Uh, maybe it is located in the Americas, this, this alien biomass, and uh, all these different nations are trying to get at it. Okay, so that, does that mean that you would then play as the different nations? Like, will there be different stories mm. for the different nations you could play exactly. as? And, and again, typically in this genre game, you have you have two stories to play through. But maybe we could add in a third one. I think I think that'd be quite. You, you, you want to you want to limit uh, yourself as th- at three. I think so. Well, thinking it's my dream game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, oh what if I had more? That would be cool. What if more, you did a Sonic Adventure style thing where you had seven, and, <laughs> and none of them were developed enough? Uh, all right, we're going for that. Seven campaigns. <laughs> okay, seven all, campaigns. All, all with their own respective cutscene sequence. Okay, so they, they've and, all and got separate sequence. stories and, and cutscenes and animations. And factions as well. And faction. Wait, so e- wait, each campaign has different factions within the campaign. Because, because you, have, you have no, but you have to be playing your protagonist. Oh right, okay. Yeah, you're playing okay. a different nation. Okay. So yeah, six, seven unique factions. Put that on the box art. Okay. That's <laughs> that. That's our Kickstarter promise. It gets completely blown out of the water. <laughs> if you reach five hundred thousand pounds subscribers on Kickstarter, uh, we'll we'll add in an eighth faction. <laughs> What's the um. What what factions then? What what are these countries? I, I appreciate right. the, I appreciate you've not thought of seven already, but let's do it All now. Right. Let's pick you, the seven got, most you've, interesting. You've got, you've got the Islamic bloc. Okay, yeah, the, the, the ones the Islamic that have, Republic. at the start of this game they've already taken over the US. They're sort of in charge they've, of it. Right, they've now. taken over like the East Coast. Okay, right. Okay, yeah, they're they're, they're so they've got a big foothold. Yeah, uh, I, I think you've got like dystopian Canada. Okay, yeah, Canada in the north has become like way strong. And right. they're like they're plunging south. And what what sort of like? Okay, I, w- I want to go over what sort of um, armies these guys would have. So like, I I, I again I my, my, I'm limited in terms of my knowledge of these sort of games, but I think sort of the 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 wild faction and the and the really advanced mm. faction, you know that sort of thing. Do, do these factions have significant? Is there anything that sets each of these factions apart All right. All other right. than so, like, so the, the colors I'm of their, say, their their weapons? I'm gonna say the Islamic states. Are um, they're tough? They're like yep. hard wearing. They're tough. The, the Canadians, they're basically like Nazis. Okay, uh, right. Yep. They're they're like the guy. They're clad out in like leather and yep. always like BDSM gear. What's happened to make them go, go to the Nazis? But, okay, that's that's uh, good. It's it's tough up good north. <laughs> it's, it, they're, they're they're like controlled by like this sort of fashion, this reactionary sort of uh, military dictatorship. Okay, and they're kind of plunging south. Uh, I think. Uh, the the kind of the European states, the United European states. Okay, so United are kind of um, maybe they're kind of on the run from Russia. So the United Europe states, they're kind of ragtag. Right? Yeah, they're kind of covert. They're you know Europe, most of Europe has fallen to Russia. Yeah, and so the European armies are kind of trying to maybe even like a, a groups of, sort of European refugees are trying to sort of you know get a foothold in the United States. You've got the Russian bloc. Of course, they're they're Russians. Yeah, they they're right. If you, I imagine, there's no not much difference to them to sort of the the typical Russians you see in media. They're they're, yeah. they're just those, but there's more of them. Yep. Okay. Um, I think Britain should be its own faction. It's broken with the EU. Oh, Britain's still around. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Britain. 
Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Britain starts off like a toady of a Russian faction. Britain has completely given in to like Russian yeah. governance, and we've got yeah. like a Russian toady as uh, as like prime minister. But then halfway through, they like break away. I like it. Like a, like a faction and rises from within Britain to sort yeah. of take over and, and lead yeah. them away. So that's one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. We need two more. Um, um, what's happened to America? What's happened? Uh, well, America. I think America's kind of politically collapsed, right? Okay, so but because everyone's you, you, sort of at America, sort of fight, taking fighting it, over okay, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so, so maybe you can make alliances with kind of local subfactions. I, I, yeah, I, I could, I could see that. Yeah, okay. So as you as you go through, it, you have the option to pick up additional soldiers from parts of America, and these are the Americans that just sort of like trying to survive mm. as best they can. All okay. right, so I, it's kind of a cliche to include China. So I'm going to say China <laughs> is keeping to itself. It's a it's a um, cliche, but I'm going to do it anyway. No, I'm not. I'm, what about Vietnam? Okay, Vietnam. Vietnam has become the the preeminent power okay. in East Asia, actually, and is kind of leading sort of a socialist bloc. Okay, very good. So I'm typing some of these down. So I remember at the end. Um, so they're they're a socialist bloc. I'm, I'm very much trying. Yeah, uh, they're, they're kind of, they they've sort of. Um, East Asia's done like quite well, and uh, sort of um, kind of the powers, um, the the old sort of authoritarian states have have disintegrated, and mm. uh, and and like a people's movement has kind of risen. Very uh, good. So they're, they're the good guys, basically. Okay, <laughs> like, I like it, and we need one more faction. Um, Could, I mean, what, 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 so can I chuck in a suggestion here? Oh sure. Uh, obviously, this plant stuff's come from space. Yeah. Could you have a sci-fi twist, and the aliens want it back? Oh, that would be a, le- a, le- a late game. Well, you've done all the others. If you do all six of them, oh. you unlock the seventh alien faction. It's very much a Silver the Hedgehog style. Yeah, that's what I. W- that's what I would want. All right, that sounds good. Okay, and I'm sorry to all the nationalities and races I didn't represent. <laughs> the, 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 the sci-fi near future is a harsh place. All right. Uh, only these they, they've got of, their own stuff going yeah, on got and we'll explore that in future games in this um, <laughs> cinematic universe okay sounds good cool okay uh, anything else in the story you wanted to go through um, so well that's we've got done the setup basically yeah where, where do where do you think uh, it but, leads but but this has got way complicated now so we've got seven different factions <laughs> uh, so I would say each each faction story kind of represents them uh, sort of um, trying to like push in deeper into the United States. Maybe like you've got Canada pushing from the north, and you've got like people pushing from the coast. But the the, the interior, the, the central United States, has kind of gone dark. It's it's this mass. It's become this massive kind of alien forest biome, okay. and you don't even know if anyone's still alive in there. Just it's so kind of dense with this vegetation. And and so you're you're each trying to push further into the interior to find maybe they've you picked up everyone's the world has picked up some strange radio chatter mm. from inside and you've got to push deeper and deeper and that's kind of how the plot goes and then obviously the secret uh, the secrets are revealed within and if if you complete everyone else's story you you meet the aliens and then you get the the alien maybe the whole story but from the aliens you point can- of view. Yeah, you get the alien ending. I like it. I like the the, the true alien ending. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you have crossover between the the story? So, like, would would events happen from different yeah, perspective th- across the factions? You have kind of linchpin moments, right? So sometimes missions that are like conflicts between two or more factions, and you know, in your campaign, you're the winner. Yeah. But in other people's campaigns, you'll be you know they'll win. Yes. So okay. you'll have conflict between factions. 
And then it'll, it'll let fans decide which one's the true story at the end of it all. Well, until we make a sequel, yeah. yeah. Okay, I like it. And then, so the ending is you get the aliens, aliens do the alien thing, and then cliffhanger? Um, I think I would want it to come to like a satisfying ending. Okay. And you can kind of decide what ending you think is canon. Like it. Maybe you select one at the end. It's like who who <laughs> who presses the the final button at the end no, of it? No, I think I think it I think it comes from you winning the final mission. Okay. That's, uh, I like that's it. where the, the ending comes from. Let's move on to graphics then. What graphic style are you going for with uh, this? It's isometric sprite based graphics. Sprite based graphics, okay. Yeah, but it's in it's in HD now, so they have modern sprites, lovingly rendered. But it would be it would be isometric and sprite based. What's why why that as opposed to um say th- three three D characters? Uh, uh, I think I think it evokes the nostalgia better. Yeah. Uh, but also I, I also think three D models at that kind of from that perspective don't really add too much. I'd rather it have clearer visuals. Because I, um, I think about um, around with... some some sort of games which originally like two D sprites top down isometric, uh, like Link to Link's Awakening, for example, and then the amazing three D rework that that mm. got on Switch for the for the the, up, the upgrade updated Link's Awakening. Mm. Uh, do you, do you think still think that the sprites worked uh, I, better? I in think it's possible to do that with Link's Awakening because it's a very stylized game as okay. well as Zelda. You know, it's kind of it's a fairy tale type franchise. And it's possible to be kind of more fantastical, more stylized. I want to go for pulp sci-fi, okay. which I think would lend the, the sprites would lend to it better than trying to do things in three D models. Okay, I like it. Um, you've mentioned before about the FMV sequences, but, but the, the cutscenes are all FMV are all and they're FMV. all deliberately low budget. Okay, uh, we're, we're with actors giving it their all. When you select the characters in the game. Would they, you know, you know, like you get a little picture of the the thing that you've selected usually yeah. in, in your toolbar at the bottom of the of the screen. Yeah. Would that be uh, FMV? Like maybe the the soldiers are at like FMV soldiers, or would you want sort of uh, no sprite based versions? You wouldn't of get them? A, a pic. No, you wouldn't have that in this interface. Okay. It'd be straight up. You select um, and use your kind of mouse to give commands and so on. But you would have a little bit, a little box. All that is normally your mini map, your radar. Yeah. But then you'll get like video transmissions, and it will be an FMV. That'll be an FMV as well. Yeah. Okay. What what sort of um? Give me a comparison for the sprites that you want. They want on here, like a modernized. Maybe just a. Do you have any modernized comparisons to compare these against? Or I'm trying to envision. Uh, I, think, I think something like the Command and Conquer remastered. Really. Okay. I think yeah. it would look look pretty good. But better. But even better. Uh, but in a in a, a copyright distinct style. Okay. <laughs> copyright distinct command and conquer style. <laughs> what sort of um? So you wanted you wanted low budget actors for the FMV sequences. Uh, what? So low budget um everything for the FMV sequences purposely low budget. Yeah, I would say don't don't fall into the command and conquer free trap. Don't get any celebrities. No celebrities at pure, all. It's purely. You know, actors, you know, unknown actors really giving it their all. Where would you <laughs> pick a place to get these actors from? I mean, you just go to like London or LA or someone somewhere and find, you know, aspiring actors. Okay. I, cause I could, I could almost envision it 
uh, just grabbing like people from amateur play productions. You, you like, want hey, it you in entirely be... Swindon-based production. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like, right. Every everyone has a West Country accent. Yeah, <laughs> even like even like the like the Russian accents have a West Country ting twing to them all. <laughs> Watch out, Boris, for those bioforms. <laughs> yeah. I think that could be great. Um, okay. Do the do they do, do they each have like a distinct style like all the different like um countries do, 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 does the graphic style change at all depending on who you're playing well uh, i i mean it's my dream game it so is. i'm going to go nuts with those cardboard sets you know i want those those plywood uh, cardboard cheap looking sets and we're really going to go nuts with the set design so really you know special locations for each of them yeah okay so you you, you uh, want lots of yeah, different varying okay. locations varying locations yeah. Do, varying locations yeah any any sort of any repeats for, for a joke any repeat locations but with different flags in the background because that's, that's <laughs> oh, that would, when, when that i think would be cheap, quite good. that's what i imagine just like excluding the uh, same room I, I i do think um whatever campaign you do at some point your characters will end up in the oval office with just with different flags flag i love that yeah i love that so much okay so you've got an isometric modern sprites uh with a pulp sci-fi uh Copyright distinct aesthetic to it all. Um, <laughs> what about the environments? What, what, are the, what are those look like? So how how detailed are the environments? You you've, you've talked about your sprites. You talked about like the, the characters that are moving around. But what about the world that they're moving around? You you've mentioned a lot about like a lot of like alien um, biospace. How mm. does that show itself? Yeah, well, in what way? I mean, it's the, the, the backgrounds are you know sprite based. You still as well. you still want just sort of like straight but sprite based backgrounds. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, very good. Okay. Cool. But but you know it's uh, yeah it's all drawn all hand drawn sprites. All hand drawn sprites. Okay. Because uh, that because I, I only say that because it sounds fancy. I don't know what the implications of that are. Yeah, I but, don't. <laughs> I a lot of people go, oh, it's all hand drawn. You go, okay, it looks yeah. like sprites. Right. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but but you know it's uh, so it's all yeah it's the same style is just you know in the background yeah so i want it i want the, the land to look kind of alien i want it to be to be um i guess we can get quite detail of it with sort of modern systems yeah you know i want it to have that post-apocalyptic look a lot of incidental detail of like oh this was once like american towns and they've been overgrown yes and sort of yeah transformed that's good. through this biome so you so you want like towns that have basically just been ruined but have like yeah. trees or these alien trees growing yeah. through them, lots of like okay. Well, yeah. Going back a little bit back to gameplay in a way, um would you have different things in the environment affect how your car- how your players your little characters can move around? Like do you have different uh biome spaces where maybe it slows armies down or, mm. or Well well when we think about up? it in, in gameplay, now that we've added this kind of element. Yeah. Uh, I think like because I talked about scouting being a big part, but also we could have sort of actually clearing your way through yeah. the uh the, the, the environment be sort of quite a big part of the gameplay, right? Because if I think of like these classic RTSs, a lot of it is flat space, but with mm. like mountains and things set up in order to tunnel you for, through certain areas. But really, you could just scout, or you could go walk across the whole map if you wanted yeah. to. But I suppose with this one, you could have the challenge of the the place of actually like cutting through things to get through it all. Yeah, maybe you know you have maybe you have buildings that will keep back the biome. It might regrow. Um, so there's your, there's your twist. Clear it. There's your twist. Yeah. I like the it. environment is half the enemy. There you go. I like that. I like that a lot.
music and sound design then. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that now. It's a Simps. Uh, ideally, ideally, I would ideally I would just hire Frank Klopaki to do it, who okay. did the guy who did the soundtracks to Command and Conquer. Okay, all right. Uh, what sort? Give, give me. Can you can you do the, the music with your mouth? Uh, I can I can send you a sample if you like. Yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll chuck I'll chuck a sample behind behind this bit. Why not? Let's let's go with that. So you what you want it quite uh, synthy. You want Frank? What yeah. was his name? Frank. Frank Klopaki. Klopaki. K L E P A C K I. Okay, very, very good. And he did all of the, the Command and Conquer things. Uh, any other recent sci-fi stuff that you think you would try and take inspiration from for some of the music? Any mm. any Bwams? Any sort of Inception Bwams? Inception um, maybe a couple of Bwams. Like, um, I don't know. I, I like some kind of eerie sounds. Yeah. Um, some, yeah, what's a good game? No, uh, some of the... Uh, some incidental kind of desert sounds like, like uh, a la Fallout and so yeah. on, uh, but not the full, not the fifties style soundtrack. No, from Fallout, I want it to be atmospheric, as opposed atmospheric. as opposed to kind of quake esque. I okay. guess with the atmosphere. So is the is the music? Does the music often set a tone, or is it just sort of there in the background? So I, I'm wondering, does the music change as you enter battle? Does it is it or is it just mm. like a, a regularly ongoing? background soundtrack to it all mm, i think um i would kind of want to have like special tracks per mission right okay so special tracks which because uh, what, what i was thinking is, is, is like, maybe reuse a few yeah because obviously right now nowadays compared to like in in the past you can have music that adjusts automatically through like as the gameplay changes so as get battles get more hectic mm. the music could change as like dynamic soundtrack, but, you, but yeah. you you want it to just sort of like be specialized for each mission in order to Sort of give a f- different feel for every mission that you're going through. Yeah. Okay. Does the difference? Oh, this one. This one I'm about to share is particularly representative. Okay. Cool. There you go. I'll make sure that I remember stick to stick a stick a sample of that. Yeah, in. I'll make sure I remember to put that in. I'll I'll uh, I'll not listen to it right now while we're talking, but the listeners at home will know what you've shared right there. Yeah. Um. Is there different music for each faction? Yeah, why not? Why not? Is, uh... Okay. Does does that does that sort of try and fit the background of those different factions or? Uh, I think so. I think we can have some special. It'll be simps, but like Synthy modern version, synthy versions with, of like with, with with good samples. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of kind of the, the, the and kind of trying to represent uh, the conditions those kind of this sort of near future sci fi nations find themselves in. I like it. I like it. What sort of sound design are you going for? Do do can you can you click on units and get them to speak things? Oh yeah, they each have voice clips. Okay. Uh, when you, when you click on them, a variety of voice clips. I like it. Wh- it's great. You've got a little computer voice that tells you things. What sort of things does that computer tell you? Uh you know, construction complete. Okay. <laughs> okay. Enemies yeah. spotted. Okay, I like it. That's good. Just sort of let you know what's going on around around yeah. them. And a lot of burrs and whirs and various machine sounds. I like it. What about what about the weapon noises? Are, are, there, are these sci-fi weapons? Are they? Have you got sort of more traditional mm. gun like yeah, bullets? Yeah, you you got you got bullet guns. Yeah, but bullet you've guns. Also got pew pew laser guns as well. Um, so you've got a mix between the two. Could you could you have it? So the the weapons make different sounds based on what they're ricocheting against. So if you like shoot another soldier, <laughs> it, you still hear the sort of sound effects of it hitting the like like human beings as opposed to when they hit tanks. Oh. What does a gun sound like when it hits a human being? Is it dark? All right. Like that. All right. Maybe. 
Maybe. I don't sure if I want to go that detail. I want some splats, though. I want, I want like, a giant squid that will, like, splat on you. <laughs> okay. Some uh, mouth sounds. Okay, some mouth sounds and a giant squid that splats on you. What, what's that well, used what, for? Is, is, it, that, is, is there actually a squid, or is that just the sound effect? I think, I think one of the factions should have a giant squid. Is there a multiplayer mode? And what does that, yeah, what does that look like? It's casual multiplayer. No, I don't want competitive multiplayer. I can't stop people. Uh, so you'd have like basic head-to-head, uh, but also maybe like a, a global campaign mode. I think it'd be cool if you could have like a a kind of almost like persistent thing where you have like a map of, a, like an instance map of like the, the apocalyptic USA and maybe you join like one of the factions and you undertake like a mission. Could you do the full? Could, could you, you do could, the you full campaign? Oh, you could. You could do. Oh. And you could change it as it as it goes along. You could even yeah. do your story in that base. So we, are we suddenly going to change yeah. the gameplay so actually it's all multiplayer? Or do you want it to be? No, single I don't. I want. I want. I want a single player campaign. Okay. No, definitely. But I think maybe something that's like a like ongoing seasons of like you've got to back particular factions. Although that will be difficult to balance with seven of them. Hey, no, it won't, though, Scott, because it's your dream game. It's balanced. Oh yeah, it balances fine. Oh, the player behavior is also um, also subject to my whims. Yeah, everything everything is subject to your whims. Everything works out here. So you want you want a multiplayer mode that you've got casual multiplayer. Is is that like a PVE style thing or no? It's P it's PVP, but I, I don't want. Well, there, there might be a competitive scene, but I don't I don't want to participate in it. Okay, you're not encouraging I'm, I'm the fine. competitive scene. No, but like you've got heads to heads. And then you've got kind of maybe like a campaign, uh, like kind of map control system, so you can kind of invade places, and uh, and sort of do stuff like that. And you also want a so a global campaign. So and like there's like a matchmaking system. A matchmaking system. Okay. So you don't, you don't want servers? Are they are they player hosted? Are they are they hosted by the oh game? dedicated servers? Dedicated servers. Dedicated server in, in my in my dream gamers. Dedicated There's dedicated servers. servers. I've got your back, PC gamers. I want to think more about this global campaign and how that would work. So is that is that would be everyone would select a faction and then is it just a persistent world that changes over time or is it? I, I think we'd have like a seasons of it. So like you select your faction from that season and then you get to kind of on the on the map you know do enter the matchmaking system um and based on where you kind of choose to invade that affects what opponent you get and then based on kind of cumulative victories you uh it changes. It, it does a. It does a. The, yeah. the, the map itself, the multiplayer map, would yeah. change over time, like a, almost like Fortnitey, in that like a persistent yeah. change to the map, and yeah. no going back to what it previously was. Or would uh, well, it'll be it'll be in season. Okay. I don't know if every season we do like a next part of the story or just kind of reset it. Okay, I like I'm it. Not sure. That's, that sounds good. Um, any, I was going to I was going to ask something else about multiplayer, and now I've forgotten what I was going to ask. Any any battle royale mode? No, no battle royale mode. Although you know there was a Command and Conquer battle royale game like in 1995. Uh, really? And was that just similar to like again Circle closing in, or was it? It was, it it just was last a multiplayer. It Command and Conquer Lone Survivor. Uh, this is my dream game, but this is a bit of history, I suppose. Yeah, because I was also going to um, ask what your like favorite memory is from multiplayer. Games I never office. played Lone. So I never played Lone. Survivor. Not not that one in specific, uh, but like your multiplayer games you've played, like Command and Conquer in multiplayer. What sort of memories Soul do you Survivor. have? Soul Survivor is what, is what um, I was going to ask. Which, as well. Including dinosaurs. Okay. Um, gameplay. 
death matches of the first person and top down. It, so it was compared to the death matches. Basically, free for all most spots up to 50 players where the last person standing uh, won the game. And you can still like build in those modes as well. Once a player spawns, they start with a limited close. No, you control like one guy oh, right, okay. from the top down. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you, sure. you don't want that in it, cool. or you do want that in it? Oh, in January 2022, Soul Survivor was resurrected. We should play this. <laughs> we should give that All a right. go. Uh, anyway, what was your question? But you, but you don't, but you don't want that in your game. I don't want that okay. in my game. Yeah. My question to you, my other question to you was going to be, what memories do you have of playing multiplayer uh, with these games? Um, I remember playing a bit of Red Alert 2 multiplayer. I guess I really, um, this isn't really a Command and Conquer memory, but I remember playing Company of Heroes a lot multiplayer. And I, that, that was a game I was really into for a while. Company of Heroes was the World War Two theme, a World War Two game that was kind of based on um, on Warhammer Dawn of War, which uh, Relic Entertainment had done earlier. It was, an, it was RTS of that kind. And I remember being like listening to a Company of Heroes multiplayer podcast, looking at match reports. Oh, so you're in really the days into before, it. In the days before YouTube, by the way, right. this, this, these reports you had to download the video file. And um, were they still? Was it, it still called podcast in those days? Like how long podcast? Uh, uh, it was a po- podcast existed, uh, but these batch reports didn't. Okay, well that that's that's pretty cool. Uh, so what, what did uh, what did battle reports give you? Just sort of like tips and things. Uh, they 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 were just yeah they were just um, full recordings of games, and it was had a pair of commentators. Um, whose names I've forgotten, but I really oh. liked them, and they would, um, yeah, they would, uh, they would just kind of commentate over what was happening on these games. Sounds a bit too competitive for your game, though. Uh, yeah, a bit too competitive. Um, also, I'm looking. I'm trying to find this. Oh, it's called Tales of Heroes. It was, and uh, I'm trying to look for it, and I found a reference to it on the Giant Bomb forums from 2006. Whoa, that's 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 ages ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so that's interesting, um, but I don't think if a um, if a competitive scene did rise up from your game, would you do yeah. a Nintendo and try and stamp it out, like sort of like, <laughs> actively show disdain towards it? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> don't try and play my game competitively. It's my dream game. <laughs> Um, before we get into what your game's called, I'm going to recap everything you've gone through for it. So okay. in terms of the type of genre of game you wanted to make, you've chosen RTS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gameplay would um, be a sort of very classic style, sit down, spend an hour playing this sort of game. Mm. Um, you'd be big focus on modernizing the formations and pathfinding of the game to sort of improve over the, over the past of it. Uh, you'd be able to, the, the scenery would impact how you play through the game as well. And also each faction you play would be would be different. Two, um, the world is set in a sci-fi near future where Alien Tree has taken over the United States and you've got seven factions fighting for supremacy of that alien biome with one of those factions being the aliens themselves. Uh, The story takes place as each faction pushes itself into the United States with the ultimate unlocking the aliens at the end, giving you the ultimate culmination of the story. Going for graphic style, you're going for isometric modern sprites with a pulp sci-fi theme. And then music, you wanted it to just be composed by Frank Klepacki. Um, yeah. A lot of sci-fi, different styles for different factions, and also a giant squid that splats on you. Uh, yeah. That exists solely for the sound effect of that. Multiplayer mode, yes, there is. It's casual multiplayer, multiplayer. 
but also with a global campaign um, which changes from season to season. Sounds very good. What are you calling your game? Um, so if it was Kickstarter, I would call it a Command and Conquer derivative, like controlled and contrived. Very good, yeah. Contro- However, very controlled and contrived. I think something like silly but kind of cool, like the 11th Crisis, or just 11th Crisis. Okay, so be pretty 11th cool. Crisis. Would you Six, go into yeah. what the other 10 crises have been? Uh, no. Okay, just, <laughs> just leave that. Just, that you, you, can, you can talk about that on the wiki. Yeah, okay. That's so fine. it's got a wiki, yeah. Do you start the wiki yourself, or do you just have the... Uh, just no, the, the, fan, fans? the fans are going to start Very it, because it's going to be such a big hit. Very good. Obviously. Okay, so that's the 11th Crisis, uh, a game that now exists and is successful and great. Good work, Scott. Uh I'm very happy for the launch yeah. of your successful game. Well done. Nice. That is the podcast. That's 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 how it works. Um, so Scott, thank you very much for oh, doing this pleasure. with me. That was I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I thought it was good fun. Was um, good. Hopefully, if people liked it, please feel free to email me at nerdundergeek@gmail.com and leave your feedback if you'd like. Um, I'll try and come up with a name of it. Scott, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Oh, uh, you can check out um, Instagrams at Scott V A H or um, at Scott Hunter Studios for some painting. Uh, that's pretty much it, really. Brilliant. Okay, and you can find me on Twitter at Cal Doughty, C A L D O U G H T Y. Thanks for listening through this pilot episode right. of the Underscripts Nerdle Geek spin-off Dreams Game uh, podcast. Till until next time, keep dreaming. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back as normal in a couple weeks' time. So see you all. Hey. Then. Um, thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.